0: One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two Two experts. experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's Let's go to court. court. On this episode, I'll talk about the hazing death of Matt Carrington. Well, that
1: sounds terrible. Well, So does yours. Go ahead and read yours. I'll be talking about yet another family annihilator. Wow, way to keep it light.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, gang. (laughs) We've got a dark one for you. It is. Hang on. Actually, let's talk about something fun for a second. Okay. Right now on our Patreon, we have a poll up where everyone can vote on our next episode topic. I am very excited. Brandy, what are the options?
1: Cases covered by America's Most Wanted or cases covered by Unsolved Mysteries. For me, this is a true win-win situation. Uh, I loved both
0: of those shows. Right now, the voting is really close, but if you want to get on and vote and you want other stuff, if you join at the $5 level, you get to vote, plus you get bonus episodes. We've got Mary Kay Letourneau on there. We've got Jim Carrey's wrongful death suit. We've got a bunch of cases there. And you get to join the Discord. If you're a baller, if you're just shot caller, if you're a billionaire, (laughs) then you'll probably want to join at the Supreme Court level. Most likely. That's where you get all of those benefits, plus a sticker, plus an induction on the Supreme Court. And you get a monthly video because you're probably thinking, God, they, they sound like sound models
1: hot is what you're thinking. <laughs> and
0: boy are you going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> they look like women in their 30s who grew up in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, gang, pear shape is the most desirable shape. <laughs> I once read a book where someone described a woman as not curvy just Midwestern. No. Yeah. <laughs> But oh. I think it makes sense. Like, you know. we just kind of. We're just kind of. <laughs> That's just the deal.
1: That's just the deal, huh? What, Norm? Okay. <laughs> Norm, Norm would like to not comment on yeah. this at all. <laughs> he said this does not feel like safe territory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, talking in front of two Midwestern women. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Okay.
1: <laughs> Should I jump into it? Uh, I guess.
0: Okay. Let me just say. As far
1: as hazing deaths go. No. Okay. God, what? I
0: was really concerned. I think, well, no, I'll, we'll get into it. and you know, we'll this is get classic into Kristen. It. I know. Let me tell you. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Let's wait until we get into it. Maybe I'm just excellent at giving cliffhangers. Do You ever think about that? I was raised on Rocky and Bowling Go, okay? <laughs> okay, so brief shout out. Some of this comes from an episode of I've never heard of this show, The Shadows of Death. No, that is made up. You made it's, that up right now. I swear. Terrible name for a show. Terrible. It's got to be an ID show, right? Of course it is. What are <laughs> yes. you What do you think? <laughs> terrible name for a show. I had very low expectations. Not a bad episode. The episode's called The Pledge. Also, there's an episode of Dateline about this, but I pulled a brandy where I read the article, Oh, so I had to read it in my head in Keith Morrison's voice, but still also Wikipedia. Shout out to Wikipedia on this not some bad stuff there. Excellent. All right, here we go. You ready for some fun? It's a really weird
1: way to give a compliment. Not some bad stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I talk for a living. (laughs) I'm a professional (laughs) podcaster. Uh, speaking of professional podcaster. Oh, yeah. So... We got Jack a set of Dr. Seuss books for oh, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and so we read one like before he goes to bed at night. And so I usually read, and like I sit in the middle, and Jack sits on one side, and David sits on the other side, yeah. and like look at the illustrations, whatever. And so I picked A Walk it in My Pocket when it was my turn to pick because that was one of my favorites when my mom used to read yeah. to me. And David picked Green Eggs and Ham when mm-hmm. it was his turn to pick. And then Jack picked Fox and Socks. Have you ever fucking read Fox and Socks? Um, if I have, it's been a long time. It is intentionally a tongue twister book like oh. that's what it is so i read it it was the hardest book i've ever had to read aloud but jack and david gave me a round of applause when i was <laughs> done because they said i read it so good
0: you know what that's what this podcast has all been about so that's preparing for you, for that. That exactly you guys right. this is our last episode we've i've, I've peaked yeah <laughs> okay matt carrington was widely considered to be a good guy Friends say he was a little shy and reserved, but someone you could talk to, someone with a bright future. Growing up, I'd say he seemed to have a pretty good life. Mm -hmm. His mom, Debbie, and her first husband had Matt through artificial insemination because Debbie just really, really wanted to have a child. In fact, she named him Matthew, which means a gift from God, because that's exactly how she saw her son. Eventually, when Matt was six, Debbie remarried and had another son, so Matt got to be kind of the fun, caring big brother. And after high school, he decided to stay close to home. He did his first two years of college at Diablo Valley College, which I assume is close by Joe's house. It's a community college in California. And after that, he decided to go to Chico State University in Chico, California. Mm -hmm. It seemed like the perfect place for him. His childhood friend, Christy, was already there, so he went to visit her, thought it was great, he applied, started there in the fall of 2004.
1: Isn't Chico where, like, the bad kid on the OC was from? I never watched the OC. <laughs> oh, Norm's thinking. Like, he was, like, the bad boy, and he yeah. wasn't he from Chico?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll Google. I'll give <laughs> okay. it a I, I think he might be ready.
1: My
0: understanding is that it's known as a party school. yeah. So it makes sense that a bad boy would fit in there.
2: Oh, you guys keep going with the story. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, no, I'll Norm. we're
0: gonna wait
1: here for you.
2: Oh man,
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Matt and Christy hung out quite a bit, but eventually Christy was like, "Hey, you might want to meet some guy friends. Here, you should meet my boyfriend, Mike Quintana.
1: Uh, he was from Chino. Oh, oh. Chino it was way off. Big mistake. Yeah. Samsonite
2: <laughs> was way off. <laughs>
1: Three
0: people are going to catch that reference and they're going to love it.
2: Mary Samson.
0: (laughs) What if it's called Chino State and I've got it wrong? No. No. Not possible. Not possible. Okay. Okay. So pretty quickly, Mike and Matt hit it off and they became best friends. After a while, Mike told Matt, hey, I think I want to join a fraternity. Do you want to rush with me? This is probably where I should pause and say that I know nothing about fraternities or sororities. The college I went to didn't have Greek life, so
1: I'm doing my best. Yeah, and we had none of that in cosmetology school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I went to an all-women's college, Simmons University. We always joked that the college was one big sorority, so there was no need for that. Yeah, But I've been thinking about this, Brandy. You know how you always say you could get sucked into a cult. But when we talk about what cult you would get sucked into, none of them actually appeal. Right. I think you would have done great in a sorority. I probably would have. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a shady no, way no, of sororities. No. I just no. think you like traditions. You like to be part oh, of a yeah. group. And, you know, you like to haze people.
2: <laughs> wow. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mike wants to join this fraternity. Matt's kind of like, hmm. I mean, he'd never expressed any interest in joining a frat. According to his friends and family, that just really wasn't his scene. He wasn't a big drinker, you know. That, yeah. But he must have figured, why the hell not? So together, Mike and Matt rushed chai Tau. kai Tau. chai Chai-tea-latte. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the baddest bunch of boys in the whole darn town. <laughs> Guess I go to chai Tau. <laughs> why does everyone laugh at us? <laughs> kai Tau. Okay, quick side note on Kai Tau. Kai Tau had a terrible reputation. Uh-huh. Of all the frats and sororities at Chico State, they were like the bad seed. In fact, just a few years earlier, the university had expelled the frat for serving alcohol to minors. And at the same time, it lost its national charter. Wow. So it had been Delta Sigma Pi. hmm P-H-I, Pi, right? Sure. I wish they would just spell it P-I-E That's for fine. dummies like me. PHI is Phi. Phi, okay. So it had been Delta Sigma Phi, but after serving alcohol to minors, and, I mean, here it gets fun, accusations of sexual assault, Mm. instances of violence, one article said that one of them punched an officer, which... Uh, Anyway, (laughs) Delta Sigma Phi was like, "Mm, peace out, dudes. We want nothing to do with you. Uh But none of that really mattered. Kai Tau continued on. You know, they had their frat house on frat row or whatever you want to call it. They had their little Greek letters out on the front of the house. They just weren't technically affiliated with the university. Okay. Or affiliated with a national organization. Right. So they were like a rogue fraternity. Yes. It's unclear what exactly Matt and Mike knew about all of this. Maybe nothing. But at any rate, they I was going to just... say,
1: would you know if the... I feel like if you were going to rush, surely you would know the basic reputations yeah. of different places. But you might not know that they'd lost their charter and that they weren't actually affiliated with the university anymore. <gasps>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing is they were trying to get their university affiliation well, back. It's not so like they were like, so but I imagine those guys. Yeah, so I imagine when you go there they might be like we did lose it, you know, we had a party that got a little out of control, but we're going to get it back, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's my assumption, is they're going to downplay it, and if you want to be part of the club, then you overlook that too. So they decided to rush, and that process took several months. Mm -hmm. According to some of his friends, Matt wasn't super into it, but, you know, whatever. Pretty soon the process would be over, he'd be a member of the frat, and things would settle down. But then, in late January and early February, came... Hell week. Are you familiar with this? Mm -hmm. Okay. Only from what I've seen on TV. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how I'm familiar with it. So my understanding from books and movies is that hell week is the week before you become an official member of the fraternity or the sorority. And it's a really tough week. They deprive you of sleep. They have you do all these dumb. Okay. Kiki is being ridiculous right now, guys. But Norm gave her a look. Yeah.
1: She knows she's in trouble.
0: Oh wow, she's really straightening
1: it up now. That's right.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the deal was, you were supposed to get through that week and then you'd become the member of the frat. Yeah. But Matt didn't make it. Because at 525 in the morning, on February 2nd, 2005, a call came in to 911. It came from the Kai Tao fraternity house. And the caller was like, hey, uh, we have someone here who went into seizures and uh, we think he's not breathing. So paramedics arrived Mm -hmm. on the scene and were told that Matt Carrington was in the basement and needed help. Okay, so they went down there. And good God almighty, this basement was disgusting Mm -hmm. and disturbing. So in this episode of the show with the terrible name that I can't remember, The Shadows of Death or whatever. They showed actual crime scene footage of this nasty basement. Mm-hmm. But then they also had tried to, like, reenact the basement. You can't reenact this right. level of filth. Even when you've got professionals trying to recreate it, you just can't. Yeah, There were box fans, even though it was super freaking cold down there. There was this nasty couch that, I mean, who what knows? What you think was on it? Oh, stop. I mean, ugh.
1: How You're, do you think it would look under a blacklight?
0: It would just glow. <laughs> There was a bar set up, graffiti everywhere, and not like cool talented graffiti. Yeah. It was like sad, gross graffiti. In one section of the basement, someone wrote call your mom, and in another they wrote in the basement nobody can hear you scream. Oh my gosh. Yep, great. Right? Oh. Everything was askew. Everything was filthy. It was cold as ice. Because there were just, there were these vents down there that were just completely open to the outside. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's California, but still it's February. Yeah. Also, it reeked. There was raw sewage on the floor. Oh my gosh. Three inches of raw sewage. What? Get this, a pipe had burst and no one had done anything about it. So there was just raw sewage all over this basement floor. So this place was a hellhole. And the paramedics went down there trying to revive Matt. And they asked the frat brothers to just level with him. Did this kid have a bunch of drugs? Did he drink too much? You know, what's the deal? And the frat guys were like, no, no, um, he just drank water. He just drank a, a bunch of water.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, super weird situation. Uh, Matt was just doing some calisthenics and um, he had a seizure. And yeah, we're, we're real worried about him.
1: What did they do to him?
0: Yeah. Paramedics were like, uh, thanks a heap. So they took him to the hospital. By the way, none of the frat bros went with him to the hospital. Of course they didn't. Meanwhile, Matt's mom, Debbie, was notified that her son was in the hospital. So she took off. But, you know, the hospital was a few hours away. Yeah. So she didn't really know what was going on. She just knew she needed to get there quickly. So on the way there, she tried to call people. She called Matt's friends She called the frat house. No one picked up. Then she got a call from a social worker at the hospital. And it seems like maybe this was a series of calls Mm -hmm. because the social worker kept saying, hurry, hurry, hurry. Please get to the hospital as quickly as you can. Get here as soon as you can. And finally, Debbie just said, feels like there's something you're not telling me. What's going on? And that's when the social worker said he died.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So she and her husband and, you know, Matt's little brother pulled off to, I think it was like a road stop or something, and just cried. Of course. Turns out he had died not too long after he got to the hospital. I saw conflicting things. It looks like maybe an hour. Mm -hmm. Around that point, investigators showed up at the frat house, and they examined the basement from hell, and then they talked to the frat brothers. Initially, the guys all had kind of the same basic story. Matt was pledging their fraternity and he and one other pledge had just been doing some calisthenics in the basement for about an hour and he'd had a seizure that was that
1: no yeah that's what the police first of all nobody's going down to a basement filled with three inches of raw sewage to do calisthenics yeah and first of all who says calisthenics besides lizzo
0: (laughs) yeah you know who are you lizzo no (laughs) so police were like "Mm," a healthy young man worked out for an hour and died no probably not Nope. there's probably a lot more to this story so they ended up taking a few of them in for questioning. They told them that Matt had died. And everyone was kind of like, yeah, whoa, it, uh just a whole lot of nothing. Real mystery. Just a mild workout and a lot of water. A little bit of humiliation. But finally, the guys started to tell. One of the detectives described it as, threads of the story, Mm -hmm. but it was Mike Quintana, Matt's friend and the guy who convinced him to pledge who told the whole story. Mm -hmm. So here's the whole story. At the beginning of Hell Week, Kai Tao had five pledges. And over the course of one week, they were subjected to hazing that got progressively worse as the week went on. A frat brother named Jerry Lim was in charge of Hell Week activities. As part of Hell Week, all the pledges had to sleep in the disgusting freezing cold basement, Oh my gosh. No, it gets worse. But not just anywhere in the basement. They had to sleep in ventilation shafts. So one article described them as like concrete bunker-like holes. So you're just totally open oh my to gosh. the elements. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's horrible. Each night had a different theme. One night was called active night. And that night, the pledges had to perform whatever exercises the frat brothers told them. One I heard was, like, just going up and down the stairs constantly. Oh, my gosh. At some point in the night, the pipes in the basement backed up. So that's when the roughly Mm -hmm. three inches of sewage came in. And the pledges were ordered to take off their shoes and do crunches and push-ups in raw sewage. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The next night was Pledge Olympics, where they had to do this insane workout until, like, 6 a.m., at some point in all of this, you know, they started with five and three of these guys were like, "Uh, oh, fuck this. Yeah. I am done. I am yeah. done. Goodbye forever. But Mike and Matt stayed. So on the final and worst night of Hell Week, they were the two left standing. That night, the fraternity hosted movie night. Mm-hmm. For movie night, Mike and Matt had to go down to the basement, stand on a bench with a bunch of fans blowing on them. And they were given a five-gallon jug of water. So like picture like the Culligan yeah. bottles. And they were told to drink while keeping just one foot on the bench, one foot off. And pass the jug and drink, pass the jug, drink, pass the jug. Oh my gosh. Yeah. After a while, Mike and Matt obviously needed to use the bathroom, but the frat brothers wouldn't let them. Instead, they had to ask permission to urinate on themselves. This is
1: fucking terrible.
0: Yeah. It's awful. Oh my gosh. So they peed on themselves. They vomited on themselves. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other members of the fraternity sat and watched a movie or played cards. Get it? Movie night. Yeah. Okay. This is where I'm going to pause and say, I think the natural assumption is that these other frat guys were all like fellow students. Mm -hmm. Some of them weren't. Really? Yes. Some of them were students at Cal State Chico. Some of them went to the local community college. And some weren't students at all. Some were just dudes who had been part of the fraternity and were just hanging around. Oh, my gosh. Real cool guys. Yeah. So occasionally, these guys would ask Mike and Matt trivia questions. And if they got an answer wrong, they'd turn on the fans. And these guys who were already wet and freezing became even more cold. Yeah. At one point, they told them you had to like pour one out for your homies. And that meant that you poured some of the water jug over you. So oh you were my completely gosh. soaked. And it was like 30 degrees. Yeah. So we we're all hearing this thinking this is horrible. But, you know, it was no big deal because it was just water. And all the members of Kai Tao had been through it themselves. Plus, it's not like movie night went on forever. At least it wasn't supposed to.
1: What does that mean?
0: So the deal with movie night is they put on the movie, they torture the shit out of you, and then when the movie's over, the torture's supposed to be Mm -hmm. over. I mean, people call it hazing. I think this sounds like torture. Yeah, absolutely it sounds like torture. But here's the deal. When the movie ended, three frat brothers showed up at the house, drunk. They'd been at a bar and they'd missed the fun, so they were like, No, it can't end now. This has to keep going. But Jerry Lim, who had been in charge up until that point, was like, "Uh, I'm going to bed. I've got class in the morning. So at roughly 1 a.m., this guy Gabe took over. He had them drink more water and continue with the exercises. gosh. At about 4 in the morning, Matt and Mike had consumed five and a half, five-gallon jugs (gasps) of water.
1: Shut up.
0: So I've actually covered water intoxication on the podcast before, which I have to admit, before we did that, I had no No idea idea what that was. But there is a limit to how much water you should drink. And if you exceed that, like in this case, I mean, your brain can swell, your organs can swell, and it can kill you. So these guys had consumed 25 gallons of water. Finally, when they were doing push-ups, Matt collapsed. He had a seizure. His eyes rolled back in his head. He bit his tongue. So Mike scrambled to help him. He put his finger into Matt's mouth to stop him from biting Mm -hmm. his tongue so hard. And Matt bit him so hard that he started to bleed. Oh, my God. At this point, it was chaos. Mike says that he was definitely feeling the effects of water intoxication. Mm -hmm. He described it almost as being actually drunk, like you can't think as clearly. He also said that his vision was getting blurry. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're just totally out of it. He yelled at the guys to call an ambulance. But he says that the guys were like, "Uh." Uh we're EMTs. Uh we are uh we're affiliated with the fire department. Uh, what? We're we're experts, don't worry.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: This is a uh sleep it off situation. That's what they said. So, they pulled Matt and Mike onto a nearby couch, put Matt in dry clothes, and Matt fell into I guess what appeared to be a deep sleep. You know, he has this seizure. He's not coming to. Then he started to snore, which is not, not sleepy time. An hour passed, and Matt stopped breathing. Mike yelled at the guys to call an ambulance, but he says he was still getting pushed back. And then Matt started to foam at the mouth. Oh, my gosh. So finally, at 525 in the morning, more than an hour after Matt collapsed, one of the fraternity brothers called an ambulance. The autopsy revealed that he had died from water intoxication, which—oh my
2: gosh—you yeah. know,
0: your brain swells, your internal organs swell, and you can eventually die. He also died from hypothermia. Mm-hmm. Investigators broke the news to Matt's mom, Debbie, that her son had been killed in a hazing ritual. Apparently, she later found out at a press conference that they had waited an hour to call nine
1: one one. That would be devastating.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what to say. No. I think it's so tragic when people die at that point in their lives. Like, yeah, it almost feels like nothing's happened yet. You're at the start of everything. Absolutely, Yeah. And then it's just over for something so stupid uh, and preventable. Yeah. Obviously, someone needed to be held accountable for Matt's death. Turns out, though, that was pretty difficult to do. So why? Why shouldn't it be?
1: Because there were direct individuals who were involved mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this, who were making them do the thing. So all of those people should be held accountable. Sure. Sure. Makes
0: sense. Right.
1: Um, I mean, it seems to to me. <laughs> Tell me why I'm wrong.
0: OK, let's let's do the fun, quick legal side note. OK. At this time in California, hazing was a no-no. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's not yeah. like OK anywhere. Yeah. But the penalty for it was like laughable. Mm-hmm. The most they could do, even if you killed somebody, was slap you with a misdemeanor. Oh,
1: my god! For
0: hazing. Now, they could get you on other stuff, but yeah. for the hazing part, it's just a misdemeanor. Wow. And to make it even worse, that misdemeanor fell under the education code. It wasn't part of California's penal code. So fraternities and sororities. Penal. I knew. I was <laughs> waiting for it. I, I knew when I wrote that that you were going to get hung up on the peen. hung <laughs> up? Am I wrong? (laughs) So fraternities and sororities, particularly a rogue, unaffiliated fraternity like Kai Tao, could potentially argue, hey, we're not a student organization. So you can't really punish us for hazing. Oh, my gosh. I know. You can punish them for killing someone. Sure. Sure. You can do that. But, you know, it's going to be like involuntary manslaughter. It's going to be something like that. Yeah.
1: And they're going to get... 30 days of community service. Sure. It's not a real punishment. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you mean that both in the sense that 30 days of community service is not. Yeah, they give you hours, not days. So the investigators and Matt's family and the DA all wanted justice, but that was going to be really tough. I did not write this down. Excellent. Everybody Everybody drink. But a student just a few years before at Chico State had died at a fraternity for alcohol poisoning. So this was like, this was something that
1: really needed to be addressed. That really sounded like a trombone when you said it. What? (laughs) When I said what? Really. Really? Yeah, it like came out of your mouth like a...
0: Thank you. I appreciate that very much. (laughs) So this was going to be tough, but then investigators uncovered a new piece of evidence. What is it?
1: A video? A journal? Hmm. A log of some form?
0: Ooh, good thinking on the log, Brandy. Really? (laughs) They learned that all the frats and sororities had to go through this training session Mm -hmm. at the university. And members of Kai Tao had actually shown up because, you know, they were trying to get their affiliation back with the university. At that training session, the instructor had talked about the dangers of water intoxication. (gasps) So here's the deal. A year earlier, a student at some college in New York had died of water intoxication during a hazing ritual. So this instructor told everyone, hey, forcing someone to drink massive quantities of water is the equivalent of like putting a gun to their head. Yeah. It could easily kill them, which I, seems a little extreme, but, you know, yeah, okay. It, it paints With a picture. You. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the university just happened to have a copy of the sign-in sheet for that training session. Ooh. And sure enough, a bunch of the guys who hazed Matt and Mike had all signed in to that training session.
1: Ah, uh-huh. So you're saying there was a log. There
0: was a log. <laughs> the DA was like, thank you very much. This is my smoking gun. And he filed charges against... Norm, what's that log song? Let me see that
1: log. No, from Ren and Snippy.
2: Log rolls downstairs and over in pairs and over your neighbor's dog. It's great for a snack It it's on your back. It's log, log, log. It's log, it's log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's log, it's log, it's better than bad, it's good. I knew you would not how let did me you, down.
1: How did you know he Everyone was
2: Everyone needs a log, oh, God. you're gonna love it, log. Come on and get your log. Log, log, yeah, I know that song. Oh,
0: well, obviously, uh, obviously, yes. <laughs> you proved it, Norm. So, he filed charges against eight of these guys, some sources say seven. At any rate, this number does get whittled down over time. Okay. Anyway, the DA charged some of them with involuntary manslaughter, mm-hmm. which carried a four-year prison sentence, not 30 days of community mm-hmm. service.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and others just got charged with misdemeanor hazing, which carried a one-year maximum sentence. Mm-hmm. In a preliminary hearing, Mike Quintana was on the stand for five hours. Wow. Telling the story of what happened yeah. that night. Ultimately, the judge was like, "Yep, there's enough here to go to trial. Let's go." So, a trial was a coming. When the trial date got two weeks away, the frat boys got a little antsy. Yeah, they were like, oh, "Deal, deal. Shit. Anybody want to yeah, get a deal? Please, <laughs> <Yeah>. please, please." <laughs> and the DA was like, "Hmm." Maybe. Uh Uh-huh. It depends on what Matt's mom says. Ooh. If Matt's mom is okay with you guys getting plea deals, then we can do plea deals. Wow. So, Debbie Smith went to court and she announced that she would allow all the men to take plea deals. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: As long as...
1: (gasps) What's the condition?
0: They all agreed to work with her, educating college students about anti-hazing. Wow. Wow. So thanks to her generosity, the four men who were facing trial got plea deals. Holy shit. So in the episode of Dateline that I read, I did not watch. One of them said that the reason they were doing the episode of Dateline was part, part of, of this of anti-hazing education. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy cow. So now for some last names that I'm going to fuck up. Okay, Excellent. you ready? Yes. Gabe Mostretti. Sure. sure. Gabe Mostretti pled guilty to involuntary manslaughter and misdemeanor hazing. You know, he was the one who kind of took over after Jerry Lim went to bed. Uh John J.P. Fikes and Jerry Lim pled guilty to being an accessory to manslaughter and misdemeanor hazing. And Carlos de Villa-Abrigue pled guilty to misdemeanor hazing. So Gabe got a year in prison, JP and Jerry got six months, and Carlos got three months. But, you know, of all the frat brothers who were involved that night, Gabe was considered to be the ringleader. Mm -hmm. At the sentencing, Gabe said, I accept my punishment with the hope that it will serve as a warning to others not to follow the path that I did. Hazing isn't funny. It's not cute. It's stupid, dangerous. It's not about brotherhood. It's about power and control. So this is the part that I'm getting to that I think makes this story more uplifting. Matt's death was not in vain. In 2006, California got a new hazing law, and they called it Matt's law. Under Matt's law, hazing is treated as a felony, and it broadens the definition of hazing. And it's not just something that can only be punished if it's carried out by students or by people in a student organization. In other words, it doesn't matter if you're not enrolled as a student or if your frat is some total shithole that's not affiliated with yeah. anything. You can still be prosecuted, and it's going to be a felony.
1: Oh, good.
0: So that's the story of the death of Matt Carrington. I, I found this so interesting just because, like— I don't know. I, th- I find it really scary, the group think of like, yeah. if we're like, if we've been through this, then it's fine. Yeah. If somebody did this to me, then I can do it to you. And right. somehow it's not bad.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, uh, terrifying.
0: The Dateline episode had this angle to it that I thought was really stupid. The angle was that these guys hadn't called 911 soon enough because they were just so desperate to regain their affiliation with the university. Which maybe that's true. I think that's stupid. I think they were just dumb guys doing something awful and then oh shit something really bad happened and they were hoping to God the kid would sleep it off and everything would be fine.
1: I think probably it's a combination of that and then I think probably initially they didn't take it as seriously as they should have. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think another thing because in some of the interrogation footage some of these guys seem genuinely shocked like it's just water like we went through it blah blah blah. But I think and i don't know for sure but i assume that when they did it there were way more pledges to share the water when you're down to just two guys sharing the water for an extended period of time yeah of course something's gonna happen right Ugh,
1: that's terrible i can't believe that mother letting them take a deal
0: i'm really impressed by her it just i was thinking about her this morning like what a huge thing to ensure that, you know, this horrible thing that happened to you and your family is now, you know, you're not going to just let it in there. I mean, she has done a lot to ensure that hazing doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Ugh.
1: Oh, my
2: goodness. Were either of you hazed? Ever hazed?
0: Oh, no. Mm-mm. No. Were you? Yeah. Really? What?
2: In high school, yeah. We had hazing.
0: Tell us about it.
2: In band, we got hazed as freshmen. What? But, yeah. At band camp.
1: Well, tell us about yeah. it. One time it, at band camp was... you were hazed?
2: <laughs> this one time? <laughs> at band camp? I mean, it's not like we got flutes shoved up our butts or anything. <laughs> it's Thank um, good because that's exactly what we were
0: all thinking
2: <laughs> uh it was pretty innocent it was you know they woke you up super early mm-hmm. got you out of your bed and then they just like put like mayo and mustard all over you and like yeah gross condiments and then you just took a shower and you were. what
0: fine. do you mean all over you
2: they were like poured on your head and stuff oh,
0: that sucks that's terrible yeah that's awful it,
2: it sucked but like it, it was it was hard funny. it was harmless I don't like I, it. I think it's. Still I don't hazing. like yeah. anything
0: that is humiliation based.
2: Yeah, I don't either. Because that's
0: supposed to make you feel really shitty. No. And like, yeah, you're not going to get injured from being covered in ketchup. But
2: and then on in high school soccer, we had just had to do embarrassing stuff. So like, all the seniors sat at the back of the bus when mm-hmm. you went to a game, and they would call each freshman back, and they would have to like do something embarrassing or stupid. Mm-hmm. Like do a freestyle rap or something like that. Yeah, I don't like any uh, no, of that. No, I don't like that either. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the hazing I went through. And you know how good I am at freestyle rap. My name is Kristen and, and I'm, I'm here, here
0: to, to say <laughs> that doing drugs is not okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every one of Kristen's freestyle raps starts with my name is Kristen and I'm here to say. <laughs>
0: hey, people need to know. Yeah. I'm just like Jason Derulo. People need to know my name. No, I think those all suck, Norm. Yeah. Those are terrible, and I think your coaches sucked for not putting an into that.
2: You're right. You know what? I'm going to call them up and say you suck. You suck.
0: You should haze them now. Like, <laughs> what's the lesson of this? I don't know. Yeah, there's no lesson there. No, I'm I'm trying to think. Okay, so I was in I uh, I don't mean to brag, to you guys, but in high school, I was in yearbook, newspaper, and the literary magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was no hazing. Ooh, it was you more felt like, so cool. more like,
1: thank God someone showed up. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be a fool to put ketchup on her. Yeah, no, I was never involved in anything where any kind of hazing took place. Mm-mm. Ugh, Norm, did you recover okay from that?
2: Yeah, as I'm sitting here today with you all. Well, so but I'm you good. quit
0: both of those things.
2: I didn't quit because of hazing.
0: Though. Well, right, right. Uh, you think? Yeah.
2: <laughs> deep down, it was the hazing. <laughs> I, I
0: think that would set deep down with me, honestly.
2: Mm, like, yeah, I don't think it affected me in any way. See,
1: I wouldn't even be able to handle being the people that are there seeing it not even being
2: subjected to it like
1: yeah that would gross me out just like the secondhand embarrassment for the person that's having to Mm -hmm. do that stuff would
2: i think we should i mean yeah hazing's dumb we should what
0: kristen this is this is a terrible thing to say and maybe we'll cut it but i've been thinking about the type of person who really loves hazing others Mm mm-hmm and, you know, you think back to, like, the Holocaust, and you're like, I was going to say, are you going to Hol- call them Hitler? What? No, what no, 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 hold on, hold on. What? I am not calling them Hitler. <laughs> Hi. But, you know, you do wonder about all the dudes Hitler found to carry out this <laughs> batshit stuff and who enjoy doing all this stuff. I'm like, hmm, find <laughs> the people who love hazing. They're going to be your next Nazis. <laughs> Okay, we should probably. Oh,
2: that's a stretch. A <laughs> little bit of a stretch there. Hey,
0: well, if we've got any weirdo alt-right people listening, that's my tip to you.
2: <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Nice. You guys,
0: hold on. You, you really think I'm wrong? You I don't think, think it's there's a some, leap. you don't think there's something really dark about people who want to have power over others and want to humiliate
1: others? Yeah, I think there's something really dark about that. I also think, I think that it would it, be really easy to get swept up into, like, a group mentality, and this is it's what It's also a maturity thing. And
2: I mean, we were all kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Little baby Nazis. <laughs> oh, my
2: we're all We're all Hitler youth, just hate <laughs> each other.
0: All right, well, maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right,
0: right. are we ready to liven it up and talk about a family highlighter. <laughs> yeah, you mean my Nazi talk really brought us down? Yeah. Sorry about that. Shit.
1: Oh, man. Okay.
0: I'm sorry, but... Okay. Wait, you and, gotta make another point here? And I'm sorry, because I've got my bubble tea <laughs> stuff in my mouth. And now okay. Who do you think they find to, like, run the death camps and run all that shit? Um, it's really twisted people. <laughs> One day they had ketchup in their hands. Now they have guns. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> Are you saying holy shit because I just blew your mind and made such an excellent point? No!
1: <laughs> I'm saying holy shit because my guess would be the majority of the people who carried out the orders at the death camps were people who did it because they thought that's how they didn't get killed. Sure. But then there's the people who like it. I agree. I agree there were and people I'm that saying, liked it. I'm
0: saying I found the people who like it <laughs> and they're the same people who love Haze. Do not at me, Brandy. <laughs> I will write a textbook about this. Excellent.
1: Please do. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about some family annihilation. Oh, no, great. Shout out, first of all, to Marissa Kay in the Discord for this recommendation, or as Norm calls her, Marisek. <laughs> um, what also, a beautiful name. Yes. Also, thank you to Kim Jansen for the Chicago Sun-Times and Emily Thompson for Morbidology for great articles on this case. Okay. Georgetown, Texas. Today is a booming suburb of Austin, home to more than 70,000 people, but in 1967, was much smaller with a population of around 5000. Oh wow. And it was much more rural. Yes, it's like the 7th like fastest growing city in the United States. Okay. Its biggest claim to fame at the time that this case takes place was that it was home to the oldest university in Texas, Southwestern University. Okay. And which was like founded in the 1800s. So Georgetown, Texas, small rural suburb in 1967, just outside Austin. Southwestern University's there. Not that well-known of an area with 5,000 people. Pretty small town. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in oh. a pretty big city. <laughs> Man, it, it <laughs> kills me that he is gone while we make fun of yes. him. Yes, but something would happen here on August 5th, 1967 that would put Georgetown on the map.
0: Was it a family annihilation?
1: Might have been. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sorry, I'm trying to do spoilers for you the way you did for my Carol Burnett case. I swear
1: you told me somewhere that it no, was. No, I success. Did not. <laughs> And just come up with that on my own. I'm afraid you did. 15 <laughs> year old James Gordon Walcott was a straight A student With a genius level IQ. We're talking like the top 1%. Um, Why are
0: these people always really smart?
1: So there's theories on that. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's theories about why geniuses turn into psychopaths or things like that, which I'm not saying that's what this guy is. But Uh there's a theory that I've read about that says it's because they don't relate to anybody else because their mind works so differently. It works on such a different level than the Uh average person. And so they feel very isolated and very alone. Why are
0: you laughing at that? I'm just thinking. I'm dumb enough that that's never, never, a problem. Yeah, this is never <laughs> my problem either. I've never entered a room and been
1: like, these people just don't get me. <laughs> but there is something to be said if you feel like no one can relate to the way yeah, that your sure. mind works. Sure. Yeah. So you, you'd have to kill everybody. Exactly. Or
0: haze them. Or haze them. And then when some and new then guy comes around. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the natural progression. Yeah, that's right. So he's this really smart kid his dad is a professor at southwestern university and he obviously does very good in school but he's kind of nerdy looking he's got glasses he's kind of tall and lanky he's got braces and i think headgear at that point if you're in 1967 yeah right? yeah it's not i, I think at, good. like at night you wear headgear i don't think it's something yeah you hopefully you, all you the don't time. have to yeah yeah okay. yeah He, I think, is in the high school band, Mm -hmm. just maybe not doing his, you know, he's not socially doing that great. Okay. And he didn't feel like he fit in with his family. So his dad was very conservative. His mom was very into religion. And then he had a sister. So his, oh gosh.
0: What?
1: His dad's name was Gordon. So his name was, he's James Gordon. Yeah. His mom's name was Elizabeth and his sister's name was Elizabeth. Of
0: course it was. This is, like, the second or third case you've covered where the mom and dad give the name. Yeah. Yes,
1: How yeah. How do they keep it all So straight? I think they called the sister Libby, mm-hmm. and then James Gordon, the son, I think he, they called him Jim or Jimmy. Okay. So they didn't call him Gordon, and the dad went by Gordon. Yeah, so keeping it all straight. Uh huh. One of the articles calls Elizabeth Elizabeth Junior, but I can't imagine they were calling. No, her that. no one's ever been called Elizabeth Junior ever. I don't think so either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he really felt like he did not fit in in his family. Mm-hmm. So his mom's super into church. His dad's very conservative, and this is 1967. And James is feeling more and more drawn to the counterculture. So like the peace loving hippie culture. He's very into like the anti-Vietnam Ooh, war protests. I dad did not enjoy that. He started growing his hair long. Mm-hmm. He wanted to attend all of these peace rallies in Austin and his dad had forbidden it. Mm -hmm. He was like, no, you're too good for that. You're too smart for that. Do
0: not give peace a chance. Do not give peace a
1: chance. There's a reason we're at war. Yeah. You know, all of that. And so it was really just, he just felt like he did not fit in in his family. His sister spoke with a very heavy, like, Texas accent. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, ashamed of that. He thought it made her sound uneducated.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So he purposely changed the way he spoke. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was like a conscious decision of his to not speak that way. And he didn't understand why she couldn't do that same thing. Yeah. I think that goes back to not understanding that your brain functions at a very different level than somebody else's.
0: See, I don't think that's it at all. You don't. No, I think that's internalizing other people's stereotypes Mm -hmm. about... Southern accents.
1: Yeah. I mean, that could be too.
0: Because I think a lot of people change the way they speak because they're afraid
1: it'll make them sound dumb. Yeah. Did I convince you on that? Uh, no. I mean, I think that's...
0: I, <laughs> I was I trying to get you, you on a, that I and the Nazi thing. Fair point. <laughs> no, I think
1: you No, you've not convinced me on either point. Oh, but. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you do make a fair point. So it is to the point that he is considering ending his own life because he mm. has convinced himself that his family is going out of their way to make his life miserable and to drive him crazy. Wow. So in the weeks leading up to August 5th, 1967,
0: he start, He snarts. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more embarrassing than a snart. <laughs> By the way, if anyone needs a new word of the day, snart, snart. sneeze, and a
1: fart. <laughs> He starts sniffing airplane glue.
0: Oh well, I'm I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh at that, but it's just now that I know the
1: words you were trying right? to say. <laughs> yes. So, airplane, uh, airplane glue. glue. Oh, so, like, like model, model air. Glue. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, at that time, that glue was like super potent. Like, there'd be all of these warnings all over the models that you needed to be in a well ventilated area. And so, he is snor- snorting. <laughs> what is the matter with me? Sniffing this glue constantly. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's making fun of him for snorting all of them. <laughs> And so, he's basically constantly high. Right and during that time he makes multiple attempts to end his life Hmm. and in his words he chickens out every time okay so then a plan formulates in his brain go ahead i
0: was just gonna say up until well i don't know if they still say this Uh, but cans of rubber cement used to say that women contemplating pregnancy should not smell that stuff really which i think is so funny you can't even think, think about, about pregnancy. Don't even, don't
1: even let pregnancy enter your mind. You can think about a ton of shit. Don't worry about it. So if you're making a vision board, don't even think about putting a pregnant lady on there. You better get some Elmer's for that. So he formulates a plan. Mm-hmm. It's about a week before August 5th at this point, And he decides, I don't have to kill myself. Oh, Lord. I'll kill my entire family. Oh, Then I'll be free to do all of the peace rally that I want to do. I love peace so
0: much that I'm going to murder some people.
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. You're going to fit in
1: great in prison. Yeah, You're going to love it. Yeah. So he makes this plan. He puts Mm -hmm. the plan into action on August 5th, 1967. His father is sitting in the living room that night reading a book on the couch Goes up to him and shoots him twice with a twenty-two caliber rifle.
2: What the hell? He
1: then goes to his sister's room and she is in bed. He shoots her twice, once in the head, once in the chest with the same rifle. Then his mother, Elizabeth, hearing the shots, comes out of her bedroom, just near Libby's room. Yeah. And he turns and he shoots her twice. So six, six shots and the whole family is dead. Then he goes and hides the rifle in the attic and sometime later i don't know if it was he hid the murder weapon in the house that's correct are you sure he was a genius (laughs) he was also high on airplane glue i mean okay (laughs) that just brings him down to my level (laughs) i feel like i would know better so at this point i don't know how much time went by but at some point he then runs out into the street Mm -hmm. and flags down a car And in the car, there are three young men who are just like passing through town. They're on their way to Houston. I think it's late at night when this happens. And so he runs out there. He flags him down. He says, my God, my God, help me. Someone shot up my family. And so he's, like, in a panic. He's crying. He's whatever. The men stop. They pull over. They stop the car. One gets out and goes to the neighbor's house and is, like, pounding on the door. The other ones come to the family house. And when they get inside, James Walcott does something weird. And he, like, gets down on his hands and knees. And he's, like, pounding on the floor saying, why, why? Like, Mm -hmm. just a very odd reaction to the situation. Is it really that odd? I mean, I feel like I'd be,
0: if assuming that like someone's family had truly all been shot, if they uh-huh. dropped to the ground and pounded on the ground and cried and said why, I don't know that I'd be like, oh, this is weird.
1: All right, and maybe they didn't think it was weird. And I thought it was weird. <laughs> 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 what do you want him to do? I don't know. Well, hmm. I don't know what I want him to do. I don't know what a normal reaction is, but I exactly didn't feel like then quit it with it. your normal stuff. <laughs> So the men go into the house and are met with a horrible scene. There's Mm -hmm. a dead body in every room of the house, essentially. They walk through it. At some point, they get the police there. I don't know if they called from the Walcott home or if they were able to get the neighbors to call. But the police eventually show up and they take James Gordon Walcott to his church to sit with his pastor. Oh, boy. Okay, so oh. this is so interesting to me because this is so similar to what happened in the lowly Andrews case that I yes. did. And that's the Patreon bonus episode, right? No, I think that was a regular episode. Oh, well, shit. Someone <laughs> just signed up for the Patreon for no reason. <laughs> I think that's a regular episode. So they've, like, tranquilized him at this point because he's so hysterical. Mm-hmm. And so they take him and they basically sit him with the family minister so that he can calm him down and give him the word of God and whatever. Yeah. So he's sitting with the minister, and then all of these police show up to try and get a statement from him to figure out what happened. And he's there a very short time with the police there before one of this um there's like this Texas Ranger that's there, which is like a specially trained police officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gets James Gordon Walcott to waive his rights essentially. And then he says to him that it's time to square himself with the Almighty. Boy, okay. And so at that point, James Gordon Walcott turns to his pastor and he confesses the whole thing, that he had killed his family. And he's like, okay, so did you do it because you hated your parents, because you hated your family? And he says, yes. Wow. And then they take him to the scene and he walks them to the attic and shows them where the murder weapon is. And then he walks them through how he committed the murders. And he talks about his motivation behind it, that he'd done it because there was an anti-war march the next day in Austin that he wanted to go to. And so this was the day that he needed to do it so that he could go to the march that his father had forbidden him to go to.
0: Well, you can't
1: argue with logic like that. Yeah. And then he talked about how he was convinced that his family was intentionally trying to drive him mad, drive him out of his mind. His mom chewed extremely loudly. He <laughs> felt like she did it. This is legit what he said. Oh my god. That she f- he felt like she was doing it on purpose and he felt that his sister Libby was making her accent worse on purpose just oh. to get at him and that his dad was constantly shutting down his beliefs in the counterculture and his peace loving whatever and this was all intentional moves by them to drive him legitimately crazy. My dad is a very mm. loud cereal eater. <laughs> <laughs> so on some level i relate so they arrest him obviously and then in the weeks that followed as they're moving towards charging him with these crimes and moving towards a trial he is seen by somewhere between six and ten psychiatrists he's heavily examined he's put through all kinds of tests and when his trial comes about in february of 1968 The prosecutor puts on all of these people, all of these police and people who were present at the scene and people who knew the family and try and paint him as this bad seed that Mm -hmm. did this to get away from his family because he didn't get what he wanted. And then the defense put on all of these like 10 psychiatrists on the stand and all of them told the exact same story that they had diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia and that. He truly believed that his family was trying to drive him crazy, but that was a symptom of his schizophrenia. Yeah, yeah. And that he was delusional and that the sniffing of the airplane glue had just like exacerbated those symptoms. And so he had no remorse over what he had done. Mm -hmm. He was in custody when the funerals took place and they told him that he was allowed to go, that he could be there. And he said, I don't see why that's necessary. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he had no remorse for what he'd done. He didn't really see that he should be punished for it. He really had no understanding of what he had done. Yeah. And so the prosecution tried their best to, like, have these police officers say that, yeah, he knew exactly what he'd done. Like, he admitted everything to us. But it just didn't work. He was found Yeah, yeah, not guilty. I mean,
0: if you're sick, you're sick. Yeah.
1: And so at this trial, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm -hmm. And he was sentenced to be held in a mental facility indefinitely. Yeah. He never took the stand or anything at his own trial. However, when the not guilty by reason of insanity verdict was read, he like flushed, like he turned red and then Mm -hmm. he smiled. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah very weird reaction. Now that is weird, Brandi. It is a weird reaction. And then shortly after he did some kind of little interview with police and he was asked if the sentence made him happy. And he smiled and said yes. Why? I don't know. Wow. So for the next six years, James Gordon Walcott spent his time in the Rusk State Hospital. He went through rigorous treatment and counseling and all of that. And then in 1974, he went back before the court. And after 10 minutes, a jury declared him sane. 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Tell me more. So I don't know exactly what took place at this hearing, but it Uh was before a judge and before a jury. And the jury was given the task to declare him sane or say that he needed more treatment. Yeah. And in 10 minutes, they declared him sane. Wow. And so he was released. And at the time of his release in 1974, he was allowed to change his name because around Georgetown, he had become a very well known figure. Absolutely. And then he kind of just faded into obscurity. No one really knew what happened to him until 2013. So, sometime in like 2011. Mm hmm. This weekly paper in Georgetown called the Georgetown Advocate was like following up about this story on him. And they decided they'd see if they could track him down, see where he was these days, see what he'd done with his life since his release. And so they spent two years investigating him. And then in 2013, they released an expose about him completely revealing his new identity and what he'd done with his life over the past what, from 70 to 2013, Mm -hmm. so 40 years. Mm -hmm. It turns out that James Gordon Walcott had changed his name to James St. James. He'd enrolled at Stephen F. Austin University in Texas, and he'd done really well there. He'd actually then continued on to get his master's and his PhD and was now a very esteemed tenured professor at a small private what? college in Decatur, Illinois. Whoa. What what college? Um, Milliken. Huh. Okay. I had never heard of it. Mm-mm. He was in fact, so at this time that this expose comes out on him, he's 61 years old and he's the chairman of the what? behavioral sciences department at Milliken. No! Yes. So when this comes out, His whole past is revealed. Yeah. And he's made like this great life for himself. Yeah. And now all of it is questioned because of something he did when he was 15 years old. When
0: he was untreated for Uh schizophrenia.
1: Yeah. He's a doctor now and a tenured professor and he teaches psychology and he's the head of the behavioral sciences unit. Like and all of that comes under question Mm -hmm. because of this expose article that's released. So a couple of things. The editor of the Georgetown Advocate, Kathy Payne, at the time, I don't know if she's still the editor, Mm -hmm. the actual article itself is no longer available. I was going to say, that seems really iffy. That's a private person. I agree. So she said at the time that they released the article, she said it was a difficult decision to publish the facts about St. James because undoubtedly he has a lifetime of many accomplishments. She said that gave us pause before releasing the story. However, as we got further into the case and each time we looked at the picture, pictures of gordon, elizabeth, and libby. we felt like they needed someone to speak for them. dr st james has had a lifetime to speak for himself, but who would speak for them if we remained silent?
0: Mm, that's kind of high and mighty. i think it's I,
1: super high and mighty. because
0: they were represented in a
1: court of law. yeah. i agree. Mm. So when they were researching this article, when they'd finally tracked him down, they actually did sit down with Dr. St. James and tell him that they were going to put out this article, but he refused to comment on it. He refused to give an interview. Yeah. And to date, he has not given any interviews about his past or about this story coming out about him. Yeah. But there was big fallout from it. People called for his resignation. They called for the college to fire him. It was like a a shockwave yeah well that would be shocking absolutely so one person who spoke out about it was this guy jerry dawson and he was a former sheriff i think indicator, and then uh-huh. he was also a city council member at the time that this all came out and he said that he thought that it was wrong of dr st james to not tell the college of his past at the time of his hiring he said that that was something that he should have disclosed And this is what he said. He said, I look at this from a law enforcement perspective, and I just have a problem with somebody who didn't disclose this information. If I were a parent and my kids were going to Milliken, that's something I would want to know. What do you think? I disagree. I think that he has been deemed sane. He's been given a new life. He's done something with it. Why does he have to say what happened in his past? A court has ruled that he's allowed to leave that in the past. Mm -hmm. By giving him a new identity, that's what they did. What do you think? I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I'm kind of torn. We don't let sex
0: offenders leave it in the past. We put them on a registry. Yeah. But I do think that's different when it's someone who had a mental illness that Mm -hmm. was not being treated. And, you know, I assume if they're getting treatment, then that kind of thing is not going to happen again. Yeah. I don't know.
1: So all of these people are calling for his resignation. But the university stood by him. Mm -hmm. Milliken University allowed him to keep his job. They said it's really hard to lose tenure,
0: although I guess if there were a way to do it, this would be it. I think
1: this would be it. Yeah. (laughs) They said for 27 years, Dr. St. James has taught a variety of courses at Milliken. He's served in various leadership roles and built a successful academic career. He's received academic awards, including the 1997 Teaching Excellence and Leadership Award. Given the traumatic experiences of Dr. St. James childhood, His efforts to rebuild his life and obtain a successful professional career have been remarkable. Hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Another person who commented on it was the district attorney at the time in, I believe, Decatur. And she said, it seems really odd to me that he hated his father enough to kill him. But here he is living his father's life. Okay, okay. And I don't agree that's what he's doing. I think he did the opposite. I think that he got all of this education to learn why he did what he did.
0: Well, and I understand that in that state of mind, he said, yeah, I I hate my parents. I hate my Uh family. That's why I did this. That's not why he did right. it, though. So, yeah. as a DA, yeah. to come in after uh-huh. the fact and say, "Oh, I think it's interesting that blah
1: blah 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 blah." Shut up. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think that this was in poor taste? That this newspaper? Yeah, I do think. It was. I do too. Yeah, I think it's really poor, and taste. I think it speaks a lot. That article, like, so a bunch of the articles that I used as source material for this actually link to the original article, and the original article has been taken down. It is no longer available online. Yeah. I think
0: I think it's a really weird use of a newspaper's limited
1: time and resources mm-hmm. to spend 2 years tracking this guy down and it makes me wonder like okay what's what's the Somebody p- had a person Do you think somebody had like a personal attachment know. to this or Yeah it had
0: to be something because I would assume that you know if someone has been granted a new identity then it's going to be really iffy from a legal standpoint about whether you can reveal who who they are and what they've done. So mm-hmm. that just seems it seems weird to spend that much time on something that would
1: be so iffy. Yeah. I think it's I think it's unethical. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So The university stood by him and lots of students who had had him over the years stood by him. One in particular published like an editorial in the Daily Beast. Mm -hmm. He was a former student of Dr. St. James. And this is like a snippet of what he said in the Daily Beast. He said, Dr. St. James has not willingly spoken to the media about his past, and I can't blame him. But days before I wrote this piece, I sent a message to him offering him my support of the new life he had created. I didn't expect a reply considering the amount of mail this news storm must have created for him. But whatever you may believe of Dr. St. James and his past, in his present, he is a teacher first and foremost. Despite the current news cycle, he remains responsive and available to students both past and present. He answered my email with the same intelligence and willingness for discourse that I remember from his classroom years ago. As one who has had the privilege of teaching both high school and college students, I find great good in his commitment to his students as well as his dedication to the profession he has spent his adult life serving. Does this negate the horror of what happened in 1967? No, nothing can. But knowing that he has devoted his life to a purpose that might save other families the same terrible fate he visited upon his own, to me, that is far more justice than most victims ever receive." So maybe I'm naive. Perhaps it is my fervent wish that people can be redeemed that makes me write these words. But I stand by Dr. James St. James, and I am hopeful that since he demonstrated that there is a way out of darkness, that others can find it too. Hmm. To this day, according to Millikan University's website, Dr. St. James is still employed there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that that would have had to have been terrible to go through for him, like you've Spent your life trying to, and this is just my assumption on why he went Mm -hmm. the direction that he did in behavioral sciences and psychology to try and understand himself and what he went through and help others. Like, that's my assumption and why he did that. But to spend your life doing that and then bestowing that knowledge on other people and then for somebody to come by come out of the woodwork and want to just blow your whole past open. I think that would be terrible to go through. But at the same time, he did what he did. And maybe you don't get to leave that in the past.
0: Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it would have been pretty naive if he really thought.
1: He could leave that all behind. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, I do think it's, like I said, I think it's really weird that a newspaper went to that length to do that. Yeah. But I think it would have been really naive of him to think that.
1: No one would ever find out. Yeah. 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 happened Yeah. Yeah. And I do agree with that
0: doesn't make it any less hard when it does happen but
1: yeah wow yeah that was a crazy story isn't that a crazy story yeah yeah thank you to marissa k i had never heard of that she like i said mentioned it in the discord and i think it's a really interesting one really brings up some interesting questions way to go marisac thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) norm what you got for us?
2: We've got questions. Oh, God. Squirrel Mama <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wants okay, to know squirrel mama. what your favorite animals are.
1: Oh. Okay, when I was a kid, I loved frogs. You I collected did lo- frog You stuff. were obsessed loved with frogs. Loved
2: frogs. You still like frogs?
1: I mean, frogs are
0: fine. Yeah, <laughs> But, like, you know, she was one of those, like, what, like, your mom's obsession with gingerbread. Mm-hmm. your mom has gingerbread everything oh yeah brandy had frog everything. i had frog and lots of frog didn't stuff, you have yeah. like frog wallpaper in your room or am i making that no out? i
1: didn't have frog wallpaper i did have a frog poster on the wall okay that's a far cry from yeah the so I had a big big tree frog poster uh-huh. on the wall no frog wallpaper though
2: you just think they looked cool
1: yeah i really enjoyed them now if i had to pick a favorite animal now it'd be a dog <laughs> Obviously, obviously, we've got one right here. Love dogs, big fan of dogs. Going right here. Forget about that time she kicked one in the face. So I have to tell you a story about that. What? So there's these people that live in my neighborhood that have two corgis. Uh huh. And every time they're out, I like want to go pet them, and I'm like, so I only see them like when I'm driving because they like walk through the neighborhood or whatever. So when I'm driving through the neighborhood towards my house, I'll see them and I get very excited. Yeah. And so then I'll tell David that the corgis were out, and he's like, "You stay away from those corgis." (laughs) So yesterday, I was really excited because they were out. It was like, just go up and ask if you can pet them sometime. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I will. I'm just building up
0: to it. <laughs> do you want to tell the people about, I mean, I know we've told it on the podcast. Yeah.
1: But do you want to, oh, For, Brandy. St- I still feel really bad about it. I kicked a poor corgi in the face. You didn't mean to. No, it was a complete accident, but I still feel terrible about it. Mm-hmm. And he forgave me. Yeah, like immediately. Yeah, he let me pet him. He got very. He was very excited to see me, but I did kick him right in the face. <laughs> She was wearing flip flops.
2: I yeah, hate to see it, folks.
1: Person, <laughs> you got a favorite? Name? Yeah, dogs, cats, you know, whatever.
2: <laughs> wow. But
1: I like a lot of animals. I also like if we're talking about like wild animals. I love elephants
2: mm-hmm.
1: because elephants never forget are, they're the most like humans they recognize faces they have complex emotions like very complex memories I think they're very interesting animals yeah so if you kick one of those in the and they're space, never gonna forgive me yeah well
2: an elephant never forgets
1: that's right your favorite wild animal oh god Christine? um animal lover Kristen over here yes
0: yeah. for real <laughs> I tell you what, if I'm in a zoo situation, yeah. I always want to see the cats. Yeah, so the, big, the lions, the, big cats, yeah. the panthers, you know, oh, yeah. tigers. Mm-hmm. Now, Norm, wouldn't you tell them the story about when we were at the Kansas City Zoo and your mom... <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> 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 what happened to
0: your mom at the Kansas City Zoo? <laughs> it's just... Okay, so... In the Kansas City Zoo, so there's this section of um, the lion's den yeah. where like you kind of go into this thing and there's like a big window, like a yeah. big glass pane, and the lions will sometimes come right up yeah. to it, and there was one that was like right up against the window, and it had its belly up to the sun, and Norman had his camera out, yeah. and he was bending down to take a picture. And I don't know. It was the angle of where he was standing and all this stuff that Norman's mom thought he was zooming in and getting a picture of the lion's crotch. <laughs> and so she was like, "Norm,
2: Norm, why were you taking inappropriate pictures yeah. of that lion? You should have seen that lion's dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it had to be photographed."
2: Said, so "Look at that d. Look at I that got. D. I got to get a picture of this."
1: You got a favorite animal, Norm?
2: Oh, uh, I do love my kitty cats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but wild animals, I've always loved turtles. Mm. Love turtles.
1: Mm-hmm. I like turtles. <laughs> I like turtles. God gorilla. bless
2: that kid. <laughs> <laughs> mm, Old timey disclaimer. Hey, hey. A regular in the Discord wants to know what is your normal pre recording routine?
1: Oh, we go to lunch before
2: yes. we record. So here's what happens okay brandy rings the doorbell <laughs> peanut barks like crazy
1: yes brandy I gets scared the door. every time
2: <laughs> i answer the door mm-hmm. brandy walks in boy you're really giving <laughs> them all the details <laughs> the <play-by-play>. brandy <laughs> takes three steps and then says hi peanut
1: <laughs> i knew that. that's the first thing i always uh, she's always the first i greet People, <laughs> well yeah sure <laughs> yeah.
2: and then we decide where we're gonna go for lunch before we record yeah we go eat lunch we come back we set everything up and then we record
1: yeah and yeah. then
2: that's pretty much it. That's that's that's, y- that's it.
1: usually it. And then I usually leave right after we
2: record because I gotta go bowl. Sometimes if we're feeling real frisky? saucy,
0: <laughs> I I was thinking frisky <laughs> too.
2: Well, after lunch we'll go get custard.
0: Custard. Mm-hmm. It's true.
2: It is true. And that's the time when we took DP. And he got um, he ordered and, a quart of
0: yeah. custard. He's like, it's the same price.
2: We we went to get custard oh and he God. ordered a quart of custard. So he's sitting there. At we the all have like our
0: cups of custard and my dad had a quart of custard. <laughs> that he's eating with a plastic <laughs> One spoon. plastic spoon.
2: He <laughs> was very odd looking.
0: Save money, live better. That's, that's the Daryl Pitts motto.
2: Uh got a few questions about this, so possible baby names for Brandy's baby. Oh, well, should I and reveal it's
0: Baby. Yeah. So we, it's Kristen if it's a girl, and Norman if
1: it's a boy. That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs>
2: beautiful. Norman's already been declined. No. So we
1: uh, should I reveal the names? We've actually picked names. Have you really? Yeah.
2: Let's hear them. Well, I haven't
1: even heard. Um, damn it. Yes. Okay. So if it's a girl, it'll be London, and if it's a boy, it'll be Bear. Aww. <laughs> How do you spell? Like the, the animal. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yes. So we don't know sex yet. Hopefully in a couple weeks we'll know.
2: I like the name London. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's cool.
2: Let's see. Uh, <laughs> ooh. Amber wants to know, have either of you actually ever been to court?
1: No. Um, Oddly enough, I didn't even have to go to court for my
0: divorce. Well, yeah, because you just like did the papers. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never been to court for anything. I did have to go to court for something. What was it? I feel like... That crime spree you went on? It was that crime spree, but (laughs) how dare you reveal my identity after all this time? Now that I'm a tenured podcaster. (laughs) I feel like one time the, you know, county reporter was sick and I had to go fill in and I didn't know my ass from my elbow, so I... (laughs) I don't know. I I feel like one time I went to court, but it was to cover something, so it wasn't uh-huh.
1: like... I did get called for jury duty one time, so I had to go to the courthouse, but I was in a reserve pool, and so I just sat in a room for four hours and then got released. Is that what happened to you, Norm, too? Uh Yes. I never even got to see a fucking courtroom. I was pissed. <laughs> yeah. They paid me $17. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't even get that much. I think I got like seven bucks. Jackson County does not... Does not have the funds to pay. Yeah,
1: I've never been called again. I've never been called well, again. Well, you
2: get on a list. Like, they won't call you yeah. for like five years or something. And then...
0: I feel like my time is a coming. I had to court for a, so bad. I had
2: to go to court for a speeding ticket. That's about it. You
0: think they'd let Can us serve on a jury, though? I don't know. I've thought about that. Yeah. For a long time, I thought that (laughs) my one semester of law school would make me disqualified. I
2: don't think so. No one cares about that. But I
1: bet because we have a...
2: I bet the podcast podcast would would, keep us from being able to... Maybe. And that you're both incredibly racist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I just think everyone's a Nazi. That's different. (laughs)
2: Hmm. Ooh. You were just given power over the world for a day. What's the one thing you make mandatory?
1: Um, I would make Fl- flirty
2: quirty asses, by the way. And she does make- mention <laughs> you can answer this seriously, but it's more fun if you don't.
1: Yeah, thank you i have my answer prepared norm yeah, please really. stop interrupting me okay i would make all mcdonald's go back to having chocolate in their ice cream machines because i love a chocolate cone or a twist cone and you can't get those <laughs> anywhere anymore so for one glorious day
0: <laughs> you would return to that
2: yeah. that's you're the, not gonna
1: do world peace you're gonna do the chocolate in the ice that's
2: co- the that's the one power
1: listen i'm fucking pregnant <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah good point
1: what was the question again
2: you are...
0: Okay, well, you don't have to read it. You're given, king of the world okay. for one day.
2: <laughs> you're given power over the world for one day. What is the one thing you make mandatory? So, Brandy is demanding McDonald's put chocolate ice cream back in their machines. Yeah. What about, can you make them work again, too? Because, like, they never work I anymore. I know, right? Yeah. Well, if they have to put the chocolate, yeah. in, they got to fix them, too. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Make Get it a, a mandatory there.
1: thing. Yeah. Um... I think Chris would make it so that all husbands are required to let their wives buy two pies. Oh. Oh, Brandy, too soon.
0: (laughs) Too soon. You know what? We're going to talk about it. You guys, yesterday was a rough day in the Caruso household. Norman and I had two arguments, (laughs) which is a banner day for us. One of them, we went to our local grocery store, which makes amazing pies. Amazing My pies. My whole thing, the The reason I wanted to go was for a pie. Okay, we get there, and Norman wanted a fruit pie. And I was just looking at these fucking things. I was like, there is no way in hell those fruit pies are as good as their cream pies. I'm looking at them. I can tell. And so I was like, mm, well, maybe we could get two pies. And he was like, two pies (laughs) Norm you're being really quiet you want to tell him what you said (laughs) he would not like to Uh,
2: go on (laughs) I'll give my side of the story he
0: shamed me he shamed me and I was like "All right, I get the picture oink oink can't have two pies so we got one pie it was not that great and of course not nearly as good
1: as those cream pies yeah
0: yeah. and Norman of course got cream don't laugh at cream pies Norm what are you 12 stop it (laughs) Stop it. Norman got all the things he wanted to get, but uh, anyway,
2: here's Norman's <laughs> side of the story. Norman's side mm-hmm. of the story. Kristen wanted a pie. Mhm. So we go over to where the pies are. We're looking at all the pies. Kristen asked me, "What pie looks the best to you?" And I said, "Uh, I think an apple or peach pie sounds pretty good." And then because Kristen's the one that wanted the pie, so I assumed she would just pick whatever pie she wanted. I just gave my opinion on what I thought the best pie looked like. And then she wanted two pies, and I did say mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary to get two pies because I just didn't think we needed two pies. I, I thought one pie would be enough for both of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I apologize if, if I shamed you. Mm-hmm. It's not my intention. If
0: You apologize if you shamed me. <laughs>
1: yeah david did one of those apologies the other day
0: i apologize, I apologize
1: if i if i made you blah blah mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's a great apology yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> well done sir
1: <laughs> i apologize if you feel that yeah. <laughs> like, was like, I, was I apologize like, if you're crazy enough to take offense
2: <laughs> i apologize for shaming you
1: all
0: right thank you thank you next time i'm buying 15 pies <laughs> And you can deal with it, all right, well, buddy. We,
2: we're gonna need some more patrons. For
0: we were having a rough day. Wait, did you ever answer the question? No, we didn't. Who cares? <laughs> uh, I'm all fired up again. Oh, oh for my one day of power yeah everyone would get whatever pie they want as many pies as (laughs) As they want and their spouses partners whatever no one gets you know what
2: if you know what pie you want don't ask me what what pie looks good if you know what pie you're gonna get well
0: i wanted us to collaborate and you're the
2: one that wanted the pie you should just grab the pie you wanted
0: but i wanted your opinion too because you were going to eat the pie too so when you you were so like i, I want that, one of these i, I, the, I the, like mm. the peach
2: pie looked good i didn't say get the peach pie i just said is the peach that pie what you guys bought good. the peach
0: pie yeah i think it sounds delicious
2: it wasn't that good i thought it was good
0: it wasn't bad but it was mm-hmm. no cream pie no cream pie.
1: you hey, just left la- kristen with a hankering for cream pie. <laughs> stop don't, it don't laugh stop. at that it's not funny it's
2: to Brandy. it's not funny stop, stop laughing <laughs> Ooh, what did you want to be when you grew up way back in elementary school oh, middle school
0: that's a good question that's a good question i mean it's not as fun for me
2: this is from kate i have always
1: wanted to be a writer yeah yeah like wanted, from first grade yeah on. you always were going to be a writer yeah mm. i wanted to be a chef no yes elementary school What did I want to be in elementary school? A doctor. Oh, I did want to be a doctor in elementary school. That was like for five minutes. That was all of sixth grade. Okay. And then (laughs) then for like
0: four years, I wanted to be a chef. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what we were talking about last night? Yeah. So Norman thought very seriously about the army Uh after high school. You
1: thought about the Air Force. I did. I like was in training and went to the recruiter and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Norman took some tests. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple what,
2: tests.
1: Okay, so what,
0: what stopped both of you? Because I think that's interesting that you both were going to do military.
2: You go first, Brandy.
1: Um, a couple of things. Like, I I didn't love the idea of leaving my family. I knew it wasn't really what I wanted to do. It was just an option. Yeah, And then yeah. Um, I actually ended up, like, getting a pin put in my foot so you can't go anymore once you... They won't take you if you have. Why'd you get a pin in your foot? I have a bone that they like put back into alignment, and um. so there's. I have a titanium pin in my foot, and yeah, if you have anything in, with your feet, they won't take you. Damn, yeah. But I had already decided by that point that yeah. I wasn't gonna do it. But yeah. yeah,
2: I one, it upset my mother greatly, mm-hmm. and two, I got. You're
0: the favorite.
2: <laughs> well, it, 2005, the war in Iraq was like still yeah. going on so
0: well yeah and you wanted to be military I,
2: I right I wanted to be infantry yeah,
0: yeah. army I mean you want to be army right. sorry yeah
2: you know and my dad was pitching the air force or like go to college and then go to officer school but I was like nope I want to be guy on the ground with the gun ready to go I watched a lot of war movies growing up and I idolized those movies yeah. and So
1: I, mine was like, I really was going to do it as a way to pay for college. Mm -hmm. And then I knew that I really didn't want to go to college anyway. I just, Well, yeah, that makes it easy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just was not what I wanted. Actually, your mom was the person who was the most upset about my decision to join the Air (laughs) Force. She, yeah, yeah, she wanted me to like come over and sit down and talk with her about it. Really? (laughs) Yes.
2: That sweet Sheree Ray. Yeah,
1: I, I do remember her being upset. She was very upset, yes.
2: I wish I had a Sheree Ray in my life. <laughs> that I, that I had to join the army. Well,
0: and I think it's different when you're a woman. Like, you know, there's always the fear of sexual assault right. and just yeah. all kinds of stuff. And yeah. Yeah.
1: It definitely would not have been the right fit for me. It was. Well,
0: and Sheree Ray knew that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so did you guys ever talk?
1: No, I don't think we ever talked seriously about it. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. but she did voice her concerns.
0: Shirere will do that. Cherere yes. will tell you. <laughs> you sneeze too loud. That's right. <laughs>
2: well, ultimately, my love of history and I got a full ride to college. Yeah, that what makes me absolutely to not go. And they were, man, they called me all the time while I was in college. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, they needed people.
2: And I was like no, I'm, I'm enjoying my courses and I'm studying history. And they're like, well, you can study history in the U S army. We go to, you know, we go to historical sites all the time. And I was like, Hmm, not buying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Who knows where Norman would be? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a scary thought.
2: Hmm. But before then I wanted to be a fighter pilot or a policeman.
0: Which is funny because you hate the police now.
2: I do. Don't I have a fear of the police? police. I do. (laughs) (laughs) I had a I had a bad incident with the police one time that I will not discuss.
0: You don't want to discuss it?
2: Uh, Not right now. (laughs) Did they cavity search you? Uh, They (laughs) almost. Oh no! (laughs) Well, it was. You want
0: to talk about it? It was racial profiling, right?
2: It was. Yeah, not to not not to me a white guy. guy. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) yeah.
2: Yeah, we'll talk about it, we'll talk about it some other time. Ooh,
0: okay, oh, okay. okay, cliffhanger.
2: Yeah, got to keep the people listening. <laughs> I think Peanut's dreaming on I
1: it. know. What Aww. is she doing? She's dreaming. So cute.
2: Do we need to do some more questions?
1: Mm-hmm. Can we do one more. One
0: more. Yeah.
2: What's an ongoing court case you're keeping track of right now?
0: Oh, oh the college admission scandal. Aunt Becky, I love that she's getting karate
1: lessons right now. I know. What oh. is she doing? Why didn't she take a deal? What is wrong with her?
0: Because she's rich. She thinks she can <laughs> buy her way out of everything. She thought she
1: could buy her way into college and buy
0: her way out of this
1: situation. And who could blame her? Yeah. Yeah. You get
0: that much money, you probably who knows what she's bought her way into and out of in the past.
1: Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I I am following that. Big uh, time. mine is a local case that I have been following for a million years now. Okay. Because the first crime in it happened in two thousand and six, two thousand seven. Mhm. It's the murder of two girls. Finally, like Gosh, it's been forever ago now. Finally, like two years ago, someone was arrested in charge of them. And he is just putting up a fight about going to trial. He's, yeah. uh he's thrown every motion in the book at the court. So he's a dirt bag. He is a huge dirt bag. Mm-hmm. It
0: was one of those situations where they couldn't find the bodies for a yeah. long time, right? Yes, and everyone knew it was this one guy. Oh yeah, everybody knew
1: from there the time was the no first mystery. girl went missing yeah. that it was this guy. There yes. was
0: no mystery as to who did it. Yeah, it but was, they had no bodies. But they had some, and so someone—it was kind of close to my parents' yeah. house, I think. Like a hunter, or someone was mushroom mushroom hunting.
1: hunting. Yeah, guy was mushroom hunting near like a rock quarry and came across the remains. Yeah, yeah. And so now they're finally trying to bring this guy to justice. They did finally reschedule his trial, but it'll just get pushed and pushed again. Yeah. So, stay tuned. I will cover the shit out of it once it's yeah. once it happens.
2: Is following Harvey Weinstein. Oh
1: god. Oh, I just like I just want to punch him in the dick with him trying to come out and be like, "Oh, I'm this frail old man now with oh, my yeah. walker." Oh, yeah, he's got his stupid walker. walker and yes. then and then he's like you know, I apologize
0: for cheating on my wife. That's not cheating you know on one. Your You're already cheating on your <laughs> wife. Yeah. yeah. Just like that Bill Cosby bullshit. Ugh. Shut up. Ugh. <sighs> yeah. Following that for sure, I read Harvey Weinstein's stupid statement, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: Thanks for bringing that up, Norm. Yeah. Sorry about it. <laughs> Thanks for the questions, guys. Those are good. Yeah. And now, let's go into Supreme Court inductions. Let's. I'm
1: ready. What?
0: Yeah. Who are you? Then why don't you explain what Supreme Court
1: inductions are? Are you wondering how you could get inducted into the Supreme Court? Well, it's easy. As easy as signing up on Patreon at the Supreme Court level. That's $7 a month. You get inducted into the Supreme Court. You get a fancy ass sticker mm-hmm. that you can, you know, put, put wherever it on you your want. ass. You can put it right on your ass. You get a card with a, our fancy signatures in it. You get bonus episodes, bonus videos, case updates. You get to uh, vote on topics. That's right. There's currently one to vote on right now. There's so much stuff I couldn't even possibly tell you. I think I've told you it all. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're sticking to our theme with favorite drinks excellent for this week's inductions please whatever seat you're sitting in please pick it up and turn it to face the opposite direction mm-hmm. and then sit back down ac slater style I <laughs> yes, like it. right
0: denise martin
1: lots of tequila ella alvarez coffee specifically a strong latte
0: faith hooker
1: creamer with a little bit of coffee sarah campbell Cherry Coke Abby Villanueva Iced Guava Lemonade Even though Mr. Starbucks is a coward And removed it from the menu Because it's seasonal Guava is valid 365, people That sounds delicious That does sound good Candace Williams DDP all day White Claw Grapefruit all night Alex Miller Sprite Angie Kane Jameson Irish Whiskey
0: Caitlin Spezia
1: Frozen Cokes
0: Jamie Cholene.
1: Sholene. Sholeen
0: Sholeen Sholeen
1: That's literally how she told us to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> um The white can of Monster Energy drink Not sure of the flavor, but it's the only good one Janelle Owens Non-alcoholic ginger ale Alcoholic champagne Amanda McGinty Iced coffee Welcome to the Supreme Court Hey, Kristen since we reversed roles this week, why don't you tell oh people what God. they should do? You know what I regret more
0: than anything? Ever making fun of me? Yes, because you're so self conscious now that now you can't thank people anymore. Mm-hmm. Brandy, everyone knows it's sincere.
1: <laughs> thank you guys for all of your support. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Reddit. Probably not YouTube anymore. Okay. We're on. Should we talk you- about that? If you want. You guys, we're
0: trying to get our listens up in the hopes that we will one day get sponsors. We've got a hope and a dream for it. That's right. And We've got, we
1: put up a real big dream catcher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so part of that is that we do have our episodes uploaded on YouTube. We've
1: decided we're going to take them down because we're afraid that that's actually pulling, pulling away from our listens. So we're trying to yeah, filter everybody to um, some sort of podcast listening app. It doesn't matter which one you listen through. Just through one of those we wondered why we were the only podcast doing that turns out there's a reason (laughs) reason. you know we don't claim to be experts at podcasting (laughs) (laughs) so please find us on social media um wherever you listen to us please subscribe and then head on over to apple Podcasts. leave us a rating leave us a review and then be sure to join us next week when we'll be experts
0: on two whole new topics podcast Podcast adjourned. adjourned and now for a note about our process I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary.
1: And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia.
0: So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from the Pledge episode of The Shadows of Death, The hazing death at Chico State episode of Dateline And articles from the LA Times, NPR, and the San Francisco Chronicle
1: I got my info from an article by Kim Jansen for the Chicago Sun-Times An article by Emily Thompson for Morbidology NBC News and the New York Daily News For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com Any errors are of course ours, but please don't take our word for it Go read their stuff